0: courage is because i remember you know we certainly our confession and our uh, faith is that every time we stand to speak we speak under the anointing of god because without the unction of the holy ghost you know it's just dead words falling on dead hearts but uh, the last time i was here and taught on prayer which was two weeks ago sunday night that was very unusual service on that particular service and the previous Sunday before that was very different too thought on confession those two messages would be worth perhaps getting and uh, you know you can wait I'm going to take some of these that probably we teach on prayer and make a, a series out of them you know if the Lord wills we will but uh, we talked about fellowship with God being the number one priority in our prayer life fellowship with God so I, I this isn't in my notes right here but I Feel led to talk to you about that a little bit so let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and let's look at something here from the Bible that's very interesting about fellowship with God 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 then hopefully we'll get into some other aspects of prayer tonight right now I'm not so much talking about intercession as I am your personal prayer life and communion with God how many know that intercession has its place And it does. And there's even deeper realms of intercession, what the Bible would call travail. There is a certain moving of the Spirit upon us, not every time we meet to pray and intercede even, but there are times when you begin to weep and cry. And when the Holy Ghost is on that kind of a service, the Bible says God takes our tears and puts them in bottles then pours them out on the earth as necessary at a later time. I've been in some meetings like that. We haven't had a meeting like this as a corporate body for quite a while. And we're not probably going to do that tonight. But there's some other things about intercession I want to get into. But I want to just help you to get established in having your personal communion with God every day. And I want you to see from the Bible you have a calling on your life to spend time with the Father and with Jesus and with the Holy Ghost. And let me, be, let me be very blunt to say, if you don't do that, then there's, there's nobody can help you. I mean, you know, I can't help you, and Jesus can't help you, and not in that order, but I mean, you know, people come to me for help all the time, and then I investigate, and I find out they, they're not staying sometimes in the Word like they should. Uh, a lot of times I'll say in a church like this where we teach and people have opportunity uh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And even if I'm not teaching on it, you still wanted that. You could ask me. I could recommend a book. I could get you a mini book. I could give you some prayer outline. I mean, you know, if you're hungry, it's available. And it isn't up to me to make you hungry. You know, it's up to me to feed you. And uh, I hope that I'm getting to a place now, in this church anyway, where we can talk to you on a little more mature level without you being uh, touchy and offended. I mean, you know, if there's babies Christians here tonight, then I understand that. But they got to swallow too, and and start taking a little more solid food. But for those that have been in the things of God for a period of time, that we shouldn't be able, we should be able to. It's normal to start talking on a different realm than we've been talking, and people say, "Yeah, I understand that," and just take it and go on, and then do something about it. You know. But here's the thing I'm saying. I mean, you ask people. I, people come with sometimes many different decisions and, you know, things in their life. I won't go into all that, but just people that come. And I say, when's the last time praying prayed in tongues for 30 minutes without stopping? And almost invariably, very few, if any, will be able to tell me point blank, well, I did that this morning, Pastor. Most of them have to pause and think and they say, well, I don't know, three months ago. You know." Well, no wonder God's not able to move in our life when we're not giving Him any time for communion with Him. See, God, I'm talking about prayer now. I want you to really detach yourself from this intercessory thing for a while. Because unless you get what I'm teaching right now and what I taught two weeks ago, that intercessory thing, you don't have the ability to get out there anyway. You know, you could believe me or not believe me, but I know what I'm talking about. We taught on intercessory prayer in this church for 16 years. Once a week and sometimes two and three times a week and everybody was welcome that was a member and uh, you know all i could all i could muster at the very best of times was about 35 to 40 people but i'm thankful for those 35 or 40 most time it was 10 or 5 or 7 of us sometimes for several years 5 years it went it was a 12 another 3 years it was at 15 and people could have came and learned that and i'll get into some of that on sunday night i'm not mad about it but listen what I really want you to do is learn to do what I'm teaching right here. Because if we don't get this, then come to an intercessory prayer meeting. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing well enough to do much. We've got to learn. See, God has a plan for your life. Every one of you, personal plan, specific plan. If I sound like I know God, good, I do. If I sound like I just believe God's my personal friend and buddy and going to take care of me, I do. If, I, if you think that I act like God's just moving heaven and earth and hell and everything out of my way and doing whatever I need to do for me, you're right, I believe that. I have a relationship with Him, stronger than with her, stronger than with my children, stronger than any human being on this planet. I spend time with Him. I know Him. I walk with Him. We just say every day. Well, I'm teaching you how. You're going to have to walk with him every day. And listen, it doesn't happen over. There's no overnight wonders. You might as well forget it. If you're looking for that, go somewhere else because they're just lying to you and I'm going to tell you the truth. It's going to take you time to develop your prayer, your prayer life. It's going to take you time to develop, but you've got to start somewhere. Might as well be now might as well be now and i'm not saying you don't pray i believe you do i believe you love god i believe you love me and love this church or you wouldn't be here and so don't take me put down by what i'm saying but sometimes i think we got this kind of foggy idea about being some great intercessor when we don't even spend time with god regularly to communicate with him and just know what to do with our personal lives Amen. so what's up with that you know i mean come on i'm just being honest here what's up with that God is not as confused as most believers make me think that they are. And they've been telling me that God said. Believe me, I don't buy that. You know, I've been doing the same thing I'm doing right now. I was doing this 25 years ago. Same exact thing. Teaching the same Bible with the same authority. Same faith. My faith has increased a little bit. My knowledge has expanded a little bit. I do know a few little other things I didn't know back then about human beings. But I'm just basically doing the same thing I did back then. I'm learning to walk with God. And that's my number one priority, not you. Walking with God, not pastoring this church. Not traveling around the world. And I mean, I do all those things because that's in my calling, that's in my heart. God put it in me to love you and to be here. God put it in me to do other things. And some things he just said, either do it or get in trouble. And I just say, yes, sir, at your lead. I'm here available for service. You get to grow up in a little bit and God will speak to you that way. He don't ask you if you'd like to do it. He just said, this is what you're going to have to do if you're going to obey me. And if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. And if you know what I know about God saying woe unto people and being in trouble with God, you don't want that. Now, here's something else to think about. I know I'm getting a little strong with you tonight, but I think you can handle it. Listen, if you don't start developing now, then when? And if you don't start developing now, then how could God get you into another place that you think he might have for you? I don't mean leaving here, but I mean just another place spiritually at the next level. Because I want to say something, and I want you to pay very close attention. A lot of things that I'm walking in now is accumulative. Now, if somebody doesn't know what that word is, don't raise your hand. I'll explain it to you. You can't jump from first grade to eighth grade. You can't jump from eighth grade to a sophomore in college. You can't jump from a sophomore in college to a Ph.D. You're going to have to take it day by day, week by week, moment by moment. And you're going to, it's going to accumulate in your life the things and patterns that you develop. I know where my Bible's at 24-7. I know my God, and I'm trying to listen to Him ongoingly. Now, if you're talking to me in a conversation, I'm listening to you, but I'm also looking in here to see what God might say. I don't mean I'm being rude, but I mean if there's something you're telling me by way of an issue that I need to address or give you counsel on... I'm listening to you here, but I'm also listening down here for what the Holy Ghost might say because I know in my own flesh I don't have the answer. But He does. And when I mean He does, He, the Word, does. If I have the Word in me and I know the Spirit of God and I I sense the unction of God to say, well, do this or don't do that or have you thought about this? But that only comes because I'm walking with Him day by day. Did you ever remember Jesus telling us? I think it's in John 14, about verse 23 or 24. You know, if you love me, you'll keep my words, and I'll abide in you, and my Father and I will come and live in you. And then he says, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that I've said or things I've taught you. Well, if you haven't been taught, then he can't bring that to your remembrance. You can just draw on a blank, a zero, a blank page but if you walk with God and you go over things as I said this morning you're diligent then after a while you begin to know the spirit of God and even if somebody tells you something and they say God said you can discern whether that's God or not not that you have to but you'll just be automatic because you know that's not the Bible that, that's not the way God operates that's not the way God thinks that's not the way God acts it's accumulative. You've got to start somewhere and just stay with it. This is my point. It, you know, I know sometimes we think, well, I'm going to learn about prayer, and then tomorrow, you know, by next Thursday, I'm just going to be a praying whiz. Well, you're not. You might be a praying something, but you're not going to be a praying whiz. I don't know too many praying whizzes. <laughs> and when you be, get into that realm of a praying whiz, you don't tell everybody everything God tells you in prayer. And if you start telling everything God tells you in prayer, He won't tell you anymore. See, I know Him. Some things He wants to tell you to pray about, and it's just between you and Him. Other things, if He allows you to share with others who are in the know and who could do something about it, but why would He share something with you if you didn't know how to do anything about it? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I mean, like... You know, me going down here to the tire guy thinking he's going to pull my teeth, he don't know nothing about it. He don't have the right equipment, he don't think like that. He's thinking big O Michelin. He's not thinking drills and you know, all the other stuff and all the little delicate tools on the doc, the dentist tray. And, he don't know nothing about it. He can't help me if I have toothache the tire guy. So God would never have me to go down there and talk to him about my tooth. hallelujah god has a way of prayer for everybody and it's all the same as far as the word goes it's always uh the word is what i mean is the word knowing the word and the holy ghost together the spirit of god will lead you to be a person of prayer and you'll have your own patterns and then we can come together like we're doing a little bit on sunday night and i'm going to pray a little bit we're going to pray together a little bit at the end tonight i think and we join our faith together but i'm just saying all this to say you have to think with me and start where you're at and if you already have a pattern going and let me say it to you this way if it's working keep working it if you're sort of foggy or vague vague about it well i wonder how to pray about that well you probably don't know i mean it's not a stab in the dark as they say these are, these are laws. They work every time you put them to work, just like faith. You, your, your prayer won't work without faith. Faith will work without prayer, but prayer won't work without faith. My faith will work. It worked this morning. It worked this morning in the prayer line, in the healing line, in the deliverance anointing came on me. It's a little different anointing. And, and I'm using my faith with it when it comes. It won't work if I don't use my faith with it. And then other people that came to receive, they have to use their faith. I didn't pray for anybody per se. I just ministered to them. But anyway, that's another. But I'm just saying faith will work without prayer, but prayer won't work without faith. Okay, are you still here? I know I've shot a lot of material out there and i am really not looked at anything, just talking out of my heart. I, I want everybody. See, you can achieve great things in prayer if you'll stay with it long enough. And listen, this is some of the most vital Oh my goodness, I can't tell you how vital it is to understand how to pray correctly and to just have a confidence on the inside of you that you know what you're doing because God's helping you. And even when you get into settings, as I mentioned a minute ago, that I don't know totally what to do, I always have the Holy Ghost in me to help me. Now, He may quicken something to me, He may have me pray in tongues for a minute to figure it out because I'm talking to Him. Are you listening? But uh, let me just say something about tongues here. We're we're going to get into that. We'll talk a little bit, maybe tonight a little bit, but not much. I want to talk to you just tonight about establishing a prayer life. You know, you shouldn't do all your praying in tongues. And you shouldn't do all your praying in English. You should do a little of both. And you should begin to have some variables to you where you understand how to flow over in this realm and over in this realm. And know the Word well enough, or get around people that know the Word, that you can learn some things to find scriptures that cover your case see that's the key to it finding scriptures that cover your case and I mean I've been through some things over the years you know in the body of Christ just living my life and trying to serve him and deal with people and deal with the devil and deal with different things don't want to give him any credit the devil but you're just going to have to learn that you're going to have to go back to the word you have to fall in love with the word like you never have if you're going to make it because if, if, if you don't, then eventually he knocks you out through pressure and stuff. He may, not, he may use other people to help knock you out. But see, if you get locked down on the Word of God, what does the Bible say? Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. I can say that, but it ain't going to do any good if I don't get in the Bible because that's his mind. That's the way he thinks. You can say that until you die and still be dumb when it comes to what I'm talking about. Excuse the expression, ignorant. You don't know. Well, I got the mind of Christ. Well, you need to start saying that, but then you're going to have to get in the book and find out what the mind of Christ says. You, have, you need to say you have it, but you need to get in here and then let this get in you. And then you can begin to say with some confidence, I have the mind of Christ, and you're growing in it. Remember, it's accumulative. It's accumulative. All right. I'm here in 1 Corinthians 1, a 25 minute introduction. Chapter 1, verse 9 God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You were called into fellowship with him. Called into who has an amplified close by? Hey, Brother Jacob, he's got me covered up here. thank you I appreciate him having this, what we need I bought a new one recently but it's in my office but this will do just fine 1 Corinthians 1 9 this is what it says from the Amplified it says God is faithful he's reliable and trustworthy and therefore ever true to his promise and he can be dependent on Amen. ever true to his what right. now what should that strike in your thinking word. word and what I taught you this morning about faith See on the end of every promise on the other end of it is God and on this end of it is me and my faith. And if I'll put my faith on that promise it'll attach itself to God and cause that to come into pass come into being or come to pass come into manifestation however you want to say it it'll get over in this natural realm where I can see it because faith never is, faith is never based on what you can see in the natural or what you hear or feel I don't need faith for that pulpit I can see it. I can touch it I could put my mouth on it and taste it I guess but you see what I'm saying it's in the natural realm you never faith is not for things in the natural realm already it's for things that don't yet exist in your life to come into manifestation God is faithful reliable and trustworthy and ever true to his promise and he can be dependent on now see here's the thing you can't depend on him if you don't know him now, it's fortunate and unfortunate that some of you begin to know me and some never have. Because if you knew me, you'd know I could be dependent on and you wouldn't be easily offended and easily run out of the church over some silliness that a lot of people get offended about. But See, they never knew me. You can't, you can't depend on somebody. You can't depend on somebody you don't know. And just coming to church is not enough. You've got to open up your heart. You've got to listen to your man of God. And when you come to me privately, and I say, well, I can show you what your problem is. This is what your problem is, Dale. You need to do this. And Dale would say, yes, sir, I'll do that. Most people just look at me like, I don't know if I like you anymore. Well, go on and be a loser. Go on and be a failure then. I can't help you if you don't let me. And if you don't know me, you can't trust me. And if you don't trust me, then I'm not your pastor. It's just that simple. And guess what? You can't depend on God if you don't know Him. You don't know if He's going to do, come through for you or not. You're sort of hoping and wishing. You're not believing. I know Him. I sleep with Him every night. I eat with Him every day. I walk with Him every day. I talk to Him every day. He talks to me every day. He helps me every day. He helps me when I feel good and I don't feel good. He helps me when I feel great or when I'm angry. He helps me when this and that and the other, and all of you are just like that too. But I know Him. I'm not saying you don't know Him. I'm just saying you won't depend on Him unless you know Him, and you won't know Him if you don't spend time with Him. People in my church, as well as any church in North America, around the world, perimeter people never make it unless they make the change to quit being perimeter people and it isn't always the amount of services they attend it's the attitude of their heart and how people that you pour your life into for a decade or more can just get up and walk away over something silly says to me they never knew me because I'm in covenant brother and sister I live like this I'll die like this you or my wife or some other preacher no human being will ever cause me to get off this covenant I made a decision a long time before I knew you But see, that's the difference in me and other people sometimes. They don't have any value of the covenant. I'm not in this whether you hurt my feelings or not. Most of you have at one time or another. I'm in it because I'm committed to you. And I'm in it committed enough that I'm going to tell you the truth. If you tell me something and you say, Pastor, what do you think? bless the Lord God forever I'm going to tell you exactly what I think if you say tell me what you think pastor now if you don't tell me that or if you come in and already got preset deal going want my stamp of approval I may just let you run the gambit of it and be a failure unless I think it's going to cost you your life then I may say something about it or cost the life of your children because I'm not I'm not required by God to just tell you stuff just because you tell me something covenant is two way See, this is why I can trust God like I do and talk like I talk. Not because I'm special. I call Him to be special to me. He, I am depending on, my life depends on Him. My life doesn't depend on this church. My life depends on Him. My life doesn't depend on her. As much as she loves me, she's not my Savior. She don't have the ability to heal me. She don't have the ability to give me a sound mind. See, this is where people don't get it. Talking about prayer. It's time spent with God in communion. I don't mean drinking the cup and eating the cracker. I mean intimacy with Him. I don't mean going through the motions. I mean spending some time with Him. Oh, I'm off on some things here. This is what the end of this says, verse 9. By Him you were called into companionship and participation with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm in companionship with him. He's my companion. You know, if I get on a plane or I'm in a motel room in Siberia, I never feel alone because he's there. I don't see him. I mean, he, I don't look and he's sitting in the chair across the, you know, room from me. I mean, he might someday appear there and say something, but he says, does speak to me. He's my companion. Notice it says here, again, you were called into companionship. See, here's another thing to think about. I'm talking about prayer, but I'm talking about intimacy with God and fellowship with God. A lot of people, they're more concerned about their fivefold calling than they are this calling. The minute you start thinking, well, I want a place to preach, first of all, the only reason you don't have a place to preach is you're lazy. Because there's hundreds of places to preach you can go to the jail, you can go to nursing home you go the right way, I'll endorse you you know if you're a member here in good standing let me underline that and I trust you, then I will send you and be glad to do so even if people don't respect my authority sometimes because I'm in to help people but here's the thing I, you know I'm not so much concerned well you know I'm a pastor, I'm a prophet I'm concerned about this calling right here to have companionship for him I know you don't I know some of you are thinking about it, but I'm going to say it straight up. He wants to fellowship with you. And if you never go to him except when we're in church here and we're all shouting, you're not fellowshipping with him much. You know, you can get drawn in in a crowd. <laughs> you know, if you go to L basketball game, you'd be you know, throwing your popcorn on people too. Because you get excited, but I, you know anybody can get involved with the crowd when the cheerleaders are doing their thing and everybody's screaming. But I'm talking about on a daily personal level. He wants companionship with you. Think about what I'm saying to you. I mean, I know that's hard to imagine. Somebody wants you that bad more than your mate wants you, more than your mama and daddy wants you. I mean, he he's called us. Put just put your name in verse nine. He's called you into companionship and fellowship and intimacy with Him. And then for us to never spend any quality time with Him, that's 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 not good. How many can understand what I'm saying? Let's go over to 1 John. I, w- I want to tell you, I want to talk to you in a minute about what you can do about it. I don't want to leave you hanging or anything. 1 John chapter 1 and uh, verse 3. First John, chapter one, verse three. Maybe I'll just read from the Amplified here too. What we have seen and and ourselves heard, we also are telling you, so that you too may realize and enjoy. Look at that, enjoys in this amp. Enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ the Messiah. That is awesome. It's a distinguishing mark of the Christian. The Hindus don't have it. They take their bananas and their leaves and their their whatever and put it in the the belly of Buddha or some other kind of demon God and say, Is anybody home? But the Bible tells us we're to come into the Holy of Holies and have faith in that that we're invited in there by the blood of Jesus we have access in there anytime we want Hebrews 10 Hebrews 4 says come boldly to the throne of grace the Greek says unashamedly unreservedly I've got a seat there I've got a place there I know you do too and others in the world that are Christians but I've got a place my name on it right there I can come anytime I want and say Father I want to talk to you about something Father, I've come to hear from heaven about this, so I'm going to listen. Maybe i pray a little bit, then I'll be quiet. It says we ought to enjoy this. Say enjoy. enjoy. The reason you don't enjoy praying, you don't understand it yet. The reason you look at prayer like a task, a job, a labor, you don't understand it yet. You don't understand. You don't understand what I'm saying. You don't understand how much your Father wants to impart into you His life. There's an exchange that takes place. There's communion that takes place between me and Him when I come in fellowship with Him. And He's the one that asks for it. I mean, you know, you know people that are important to you, they send you a letter... And they say, RSVP, we're going to do this on such and such a date. That means you're important to me and I'd like a response from you. You know, we just had a wedding. We sent out things. Some people never sent them back and didn't didn't relate to it. And these are Christians. We didn't invite heathens. They don't even have the courtesy to return our RSVP. How much more would God, I wonder? I wonder how many times he sent out a memo from heaven to your spirit and said, I'd like to fellowship with you. Could you just spend 15 minutes with me today and stop the world and get off at a minute and just come and fellowship with me a little bit and talk to me and let me talk to you and I'm, I'm just talking here to you. I'm not mad. And listen, but see if we don't understand that we don't we, we think oh I gotta pray. No 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 you've been, missed it. You get to pray. See your whole concept you you know it's kind of like well pastor just expects me to be. A, I expect you to act like a Christian. That's what I expect out of you if you're a believer. Act like one. Talk like one. Believe with me. Have some faith about you. Just fake it until you can make it. Being in a church like this, all you've got to do is follow me. You tell me you're not following some man. Jesus Christ is a man. You're following a man, and you're following me. And if I'm following him, you're all right to follow me. The minute I tell you something doesn't agree with this book, you have my permission to talk to me about it. Until then, just follow You don't have to come to church. You can go wherever you want or leave if you want. But here's the thing, my goodness, God Almighty, you get to. You don't have to do any of it. You don't have to praise God. But why wouldn't you? Why would you stand there like a lump on a log? A bump on a log. Not a lump, a lump on a log. (laughs) Unless you're paralyzed, I expect you to act like you're worshiping God. What, for your sake, pastor? No, for your sake, brother, sister. Stand there like, I can't do that. Somebody told me that recently. He said, well, I'm not, I'm not able to respond. I said, well, one reason is you, don't, you just stand there like a, like a timber tree. Why don't you lift those hands? I've seen you at the basketball game. You act like a fool down there. You're yelling and screaming and flailing your arms. Why can't you do that for God? tell me you can't do that for God you're just lying tell me you can't do nothing you know no wonder God's not in your life you don't ever give him any opportunity to get involved with you I wouldn't be in your life either always remember the divorce comes a long time before you meet the court you keep yourself aloof from God long enough you're just you're dry as a bone And everything I say irritates you, and it's none of it's my fault. It's all because you didn't pay attention. You didn't enter in. You didn't respond. I didn't hear Jenny's message, but I know she talked about it. I love you. You've been called into fellowship. What greater calling would you have than to be called into fellowship to participate with God? He's given you personal invitation. Come to my party. Come to my hearing. I want to talk to you. I want you to listen, Michael. I, I got plans for your future. I know how to teach you about being a man. I know how to teach you about being a dad. I know how to teach you about being a husband. I know how to teach you about being a pastor and any other thing that you think you are or might want to be. <laughs> and the invitation stands and here we go. We're just busy, 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 TV cassette tapes listen I like tapes I listen to them they'll never take the place of what I'm talking about I read good books I like them that are Bible based books and those are a little more limited than just general books but my point is even Christian books but that won't take the place of what I'm talking about I'm talking about fellowship with God wow he wants you he wants me so now we see in this verse that not only Jesus, but I've been called into fellowship with the Father. Do you see that? The first verse we said we were called to fellowship with Jesus. Now it says the Father and Jesus. I have a Father that wants to fellowship with me. I know there's people in my church, different ones of you. You know, some of you have absentee dads. They're there, but they're not there for you. Some of you grew up in home grew up in homes, there wasn't a dad or there was a dad, but he was still not there. But I'm telling you, if you'll just fellowship with the Father, he will be a father to you. (laughs) I mean, he even says if you're divorced or you're widowed, he said, I'll be your husband to the ladies. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to one other verse here about this fellowship issue. I want to talk about that, and then I think maybe we'll pray tonight. I didn't get where I was thinking I was going, but it's all right. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm just uh, talking out of my heart more than off my notes. And I love you, and I I hope that we haven't said anything that's too shocking, that I hope you're encouraged that God wants to fellowship with you. Now, let me ask you a question here. If I were to call you or send you a letter as your pastor and say, now I want you to come to my house Friday night, 8 o'clock, we're going to have dinner. I think most of you would probably accept. Now, don't get excited. I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> but I think out of respect for me, because you love me, or I le- I think you do, I-, I believe you do until you show me you don't. And some have recently. But anyway, I- I'm going to believe, I'm going to be the blessed of you until you show me otherwise. And then if you do what you know some have done then you never were in covenant right but here's my point out of respect for me and you know you feel like maybe you know praise god i get to spend some time with pastor i don't know if you feel like this or not i'm just making this up okay somebody just nod and say amen even if you're lying about it okay make me feel good tonight but i think most of you would come i know of dr Dufresne, if he said pastor you and pastor uh you know diana are invited to my home for dinner tonight with pastor nancy and i you know even though we might be in a little fear and trembling uh we would be privileged to be involved in that environment i know we were i was uh, at fresh oil this year and he said pastor jacobs i'd like somebody came and got me and said, I, uh, Dr. Dufresne would like you to come have dinner after the service with him and other guests. And I said, Yes, sir. I forget who even caught a hold of me. but um, So I made my way back there after the service. And they told us where to sit, and I sat at a table and different people around. And over here was Pastor Jim Andrews, a great apostle of God to Peru. I mean, I was so blessed. Up at the head of the table over here was Dr. Dufresne and I'm forgetting who was here by me right now. I think Dr. Aragon was one or two people removed from me down that way, and somebody across the table from me. It was just a real privilege just to sit there and eat my food, because there was discussion about things of God, and these men of God were speaking, and I was listening, and, and then I couldn't, Pastor Jim said, are you still praying about coming to my country, Pastor? I want you to come, and then we talked about my books that I'd given while I was there in Spanish, and so forth and so on and we talked a little bit and I said yes sir I'd like to come And so anyway we you know it was just special this is my point and so God is saying to all of you I want you to come to my house spiritually and fellowship with me come and talk to me about things come and let me talk to you about things hallelujah some of the greatest um Revelations, some of the most outstanding impartations have happened to me sitting around a table eating with doctor Dufresne. And matter of fact, I had a pain in my side, some of you know this for fourteen years. And when I first got around doctor Dufresne not only had the pain in my side still and believing for that to leave me, but I was in debt. I think at the time, if I remember, I don't know, fifteen thousand, something like that. 20 some thousand medical bills and different things we didn't have insurance I never had insurance when my children were born you know we got Christians going places and if they don't get insurance they won't work there got faith got faith you know I'm kind of making fun a little I'm not accusing you but there are a lot of people they're just scared out of their gourd about everything And the reason they're scared, they don't have any fellowship with the man I'm talking about. Jesus Christ. He's a man. He wants to fellowship with you. (laughs) I'm telling you. And we're so busy. Busy, busy, busy. You know, Baloo, the bear. (laughs) Madeline came over the other day. She gets invitations sometimes, you know, to come. She said, "Uh, Paul, let's watch Jungle Book. I said, okay. We put it on, and you know Baloo goes. He's telling uh, the man cub, you know, which is the boy in the movie, in the animation. He says, "If you're acting like that bee, you're working too hard." <laughs> How many remember that line? That bee's going. Bzz, bzz. That's the way some of you are. you running here and running there and just running everywhere, and you're not slowing down. Remember, uh, you know, Baloo just slips down into the river and floats says, fall apart in my backyard. He just means chill out, man, you know. Yeah, oh, it's so good. I love that movie. Anyway, I may show that sometime and preach little segments to you while we show it. I'm sitting having lunch, just me and Dr. Dufresne one time. You know, he says take me back to the room after service. I don't try to take him to lunch if he doesn't want to. I just say, yes, sir, and do what he wants. And there's been times he wanted to be alone. And I don't blame him. But here's the point. We went and had lunch. And we're sitting there having lunch, just eating our, whatever we're eating. And he just looked across the table, laid his fork down and said, I'm speaking to you as a prophet of God. That pain's going to leave your body. Now he knew I had it because I told him about it. But But he said, that pain will leave your body and you are coming out of debt, Michael. Six weeks later, I was out of debt one year later the pain left my side never come back that's been almost 10 years now since it's been gone well here's my point see (laughs) I had an invitation to go have lunch with the prophet and I didn't take it lightly and I just was shut I didn't start jabbering all the time I didn't didn't do all the talking either that's what I'm saying but I was listening and when we go to God he's got an invitation to be with the one who knows everything about you everything how you think what you feel what you don't feel what you want to feel you know where where you should work how you should think about different things in your life to not be worried about it to not be in fear and he's inviting us all individually to come fellowship with him anytime we want and we're so distracted in our current modern society here we are just running i mean it's just like a you know and now listen now somebody's going to say well pastor I got two children I got a husband or I got you know three kids and a wife and I got grass to mow and building needs painting and uh, you know I know where you're coming from but listen you have to train yourself again if, if I can you can if I can you can I think I got more mail than anybody here that just comes to this church and that's not my personal mail that's just mail coming to church i got i got all kinds of st- every week i got people lined up to come that Donna's put on the agenda because they need help or they need to discuss something or they're getting married and i'm taking them to counseling and then i have staff meetings then i got financial things to think about and then i have other things that the business part of this church and and uh, and i do quite well thank you i don't mind doing that i just don't let it take too strong a priority on me but i know what i'm doing now and i'm not afraid of it but here's the point You have to make decisions that even in the midst of your, you think, hectic life, if you're really committed to it, you can do it. That's the bottom line. And if it's not of any value to you, you won't. But somewhere down through here, there's that wall I've been talking about. And people that don't spend time with God get to a place where they don't know what to do. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again I don't want that for you neither does God but if you don't listen to me that's what's coming say are you threatening me no I'm not threatening you I just know what life's like I know how the devil is he'll wait 10 years to put it on you and when he does honey you can't get it off without the help of some other man of God or some other anointed person and then and maybe not then because you're in so much bitterness and fear about it it's not going to work You've got to make these decisions daily. Stay out of strife. Stay out of fear. Stay out of unbelief. Get in the Bible. Love the Bible. Love the Word of God. Love the New Testament. Fall in love. Don't face. I want to be in love with my wife. Fall in love with the New Testament. You can love your wife. There'll be plenty of time for that, but fall in love with Jesus. Ain't nobody gonna do you like Jesus, do you? I'm telling you. He's my all in all. No wonder it says that. Now, this last scripture before we pray here, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, are you still with me tonight? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and here it is, the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you, most of you. No, be with you all. And here's the thing in the Greek where the word for uh communion is the word fellowship, the same word used in these other passages that I've just read you. Let me read it out of the Amplified. The grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence, oh my, the presence and the fellowship and the communion and the sharing together and participation in the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen, so be it. In other words, we've got an invitation from the Father to come we have an invitation from Jesus to come we have an invitation from the Holy Ghost to come and have fellowship with them you talk about a board meeting you know I mean sometimes I have to have those kind of board meetings well here here we are and uh, let's see I've been meditating on this a while Jesus and uh, I'd like to hear from you sir all right Father, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Holy Ghost, and then maybe interpret it. Really? Well, that's where I'm missing it. Okay, I see that now. Well, meeting adjourned. Thank you, gentlemen. (laughs) You do that? Yeah, I do that. And it isn't that fancy, sometimes just in my car going down the freeway. I say, what do you, what do you, got, what, what do you want to, us to preach over here at this place? Now, I, you know what I'm thinking, Father, so you know I'm kind of thinking about the anointing, but I'm open to your suggestions. This is your meeting, you know. I'm just your, I'm just your delivery man. I'm just a server serving up something for the people over here. What is it these people need? And you'll say, well, uh, I was kind of thinking you might teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Then other times they will say, well, you know, I know you've been teaching this and I know you were thinking you wanted to do that, but if you would for me, I think they need to hear they need to hear faith. Could you do that for me, Pastor? Sure, I could do that for you. Hallelujah. Communion of the Holy Ghost. All the times when things have happened in my life and in my life, have come out of. A communion with the Holy Ghost communion with the Father communion with Jesus Christ sometimes it's been a prolonged period of time praying in tongues and worship sometimes very minimal one time I went over in Indiana to another city and I was staying in a motel and I laid down for a while and I said Father what about this meeting tonight I sense you want to say something to me well I drove over there you know I was open in but he didn't say anything so I got in my motel room got unpacked laid on the bed just laid down flat and said Father what do you want to say to me I sense you want to say something he said, there's going to be a lady tonight in the meeting that uh, needs to be delivered from depression. I want you to take care of that. Anything else? No. Okay. Got in the meeting, got to that place. Spirit of God brought that back to my Remember, said there's a lady here tonight that needs to get delivered from depression. Who is that? And about three people jumped up. The first two, they weren't that. I said, I, I, we'll pray for you. You'll be all right. But you're not the one. Then this lady stood up in the back and came down this aisle over here in this church. I said, You're the one. Prayed for, her and this evil spirit came out of her left side of her body, took off. Amazing story about that. But see, that all came out of fellowship with God. Hallelujah. You learned anything tonight? I'm not quite done. We're gonna pray. We just got seven minutes, you know. Hallelujah. Let's um <clears throat> Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, and let's look at something here. This is for your personal maturity in your life, and we need to be praying this. You can take the word, here it is, Ephesians four fifteen. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing. So, Father, we thank You tonight that we're going to speak the truth in love, all of us, to each other and to others, and that we may grow up into Him, into You, Father, in all things, which is the head, uh, growing up into Christ, which is the head, even the anointed one and His anointing. I'm growing up. We're growing up, Father, in the anointing of God. We're growing up in all things. Say, in all things. Say, Father, I want to grow up in all things. So help me. I want to grow up in my prayer life. I want to grow up in my faith life. I want to grow up in my love walk. I want to grow up in my marriage. I want to grow up in, in my mind. So that I know you. My mind be renewed. Help me, Lord, to grow up in my finances. Help me to grow up in in being stable in my emotions, in my feelings. I thank you, you're helping me to grow up in all things. I'm learning to walk by faith, to walk in truth, to walk in the light, to walk in the love of God. So help me, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Now see, you're praying, that's prayer hallelujah you find these verses i just wrote a couple down i was going to look at them with you and 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 so here's something we need to pray daily father help me to grow up and and see here's another thing we need to grow up in relationships i'm not putting you down are you listening to me what i said earlier i was a little strong about because you know it's it's alarming to me that people could be with me such a long period of time and have no revelation of covenant So you need to be praying. You grow up in covenant. I'll be talking on covenant. In the future here, I'm going to talk about covenant relationships are the most vital to our life. You know, every relationship I have in my life today that's meaningful is a covenant relationship. None of them are based on my feelings anymore. Now, I have feelings. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they may be different. But I don't have a thing in the world to do with the covenant. I live in the covenant because God says you're in a covenant (laughs) and that settles it you know babies never get that and they just take and destroy relationships left and right including their marriages because they have no revelation of covenant they can't ever stay somewhere and stick to something because they have no revelation of covenant they are sense minded people flesh minded people carnally minded people natural minded people and they have no sense of commitment you just analyze this a little bit. Anybody that leaves this church, I didn't leave them. They left me. I'm still here doing all that I've ever done and more. <clears throat> now, I'm not criticizing them. I mean, you know, if they need to go, fine. I mean, you know, we understand some things sometimes and we don't have liberty to say everything we know about that. But I'm just saying, you know, covenant says I'm committed to you. But I can't force somebody to be committed in, in, in reciprocal mentality you see now my marriage is 30 years and going and it's not based on feelings I mean I have them sometimes I mean whew, Pastor Diana's sharp looking lady uh, oh. well I'm going to get to that a great kisser she's a word girl and occasionally when I get when I feel like you know I say something or whatever and I've been just you know whatever and you know sometimes you just feel like you know what I'm saying and you've maybe released something out of your mouth that's very seldom for me she can tell you but if I do brother and sister she jumps on her preaching machine and she just rides all over me Now you listen here buddy you know and she lets me have it and she lets me have the word so I don't argue back if she gives me the word I'm compliant I'm a compliant boy to the word most people are not but I am and uh, it doesn't have anything to do with my feelings anymore about my marriage It doesn't have anything to do with my feelings about this church I'm committed to you whether I like you or not I have to love you whether you like me or not you know you have to love me whether you're easy to get along with or hard to get along with or I don't even know you you know whatever the case may be I'm committed to you See, see, I'm committed to you regardless of what you do, whether you like it, you spit in my face, stab me in the back, betray me, and many do, I still love you. Now, I don't love people that do that to me. You know, I don't love the fact that they did that because they have broken covenant. You see what I'm saying? And, of course, there's always penalties for that. But anyway, let's go over here to the book of Acts, chapter 2 you just ask somebody that's been divorced even even if if it wasn't their fault fully there's penalties you pay glory to God I'm in Acts chapter 2 I've just got about two minutes here we're going to pray something here I wanted you to see something and I want you to be in agreement with me about this we've already said that we pray that we'll grow up and uh, you know maybe I didn't hit the thing that you know, we were thinking about you know that you needed to grow up in. I just just made up some things, but you know you can add into that anything you want. If it says growing up in all things, that would include all things, wouldn't it? Hallelujah. Um, Acts two, verse forty-seven, praising God. This is the people there. And, Praising God let's read verse 46 and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house went to church every day did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God there's praising God and having favor with all the people there's favor with how many people <laughs> and this is just a baby church and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved you know you don't have to be at church building to get people saved daily in your life. You could build this church at work. Oh, my goodness. I mean, your neighborhood. At the lunch counter. Or in the parking lot. Or, you know, people you have relationships with. And, again, it takes diligence because not everybody's open immediately. We were trying to witness this guy <laughs> at the restaurant the other night. And he, we love him. He's just such a genuine person. And he, But I got thinking about what he said. Said, well, I like go to the mass that's Latin I don't understand a single word they say I'm thinking I wanted, to, I wanted to say Keith what if they brought you in here to learn how to you know be a waiter because in this particular restaurant they do they have training and the guy spoke to you in German and you didn't know a single word he said you'd be a poor waiter because you, you wouldn't follow the rules but I didn't say that because you know we're getting to know him He's a really sweet guy, but he, you know, we invited him here, but we said we're sort of contemporary, and he said he likes real. He is like super traditional. You know, he likes the Latin mass. He don't even know what they're saying. That was what come out of. He said, "I don't even know what they're saying. I love it." (laughs) How would you be instructed if you didn't understand? See, see, he's not thinking. He's got two. He's got two major degrees and two minor degrees. He's not stupid. He's been to college and got two master I mean two majors and two minors. He's a very intelligent person and very friendly. And it seems like he has some morality to him and some ethics about him. But <laughs> I started to say that's the dumbest thing I ever heard but I am just going to eat my, my prime rib and let him go on with himself. Yeah, he said that baptist, he friend, the baptist went friend baptist they were too happy for me. Yeah, they were too happy at the Baptist church. Oh my goodness. We'd be overloaded for sure. Overdose. I said, Well, you could stand at the back and just watch us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. You're adding to the church daily, such as should be saved. You're moving and giving us favor with all the people. So Lord, let it be so that all of us begin to be uh courageous and in faith and looking for people to talk to about you and bring them to church and help them to get rooted and grounded, we ask and pray in the precious name of Jesus. We believe our church is growing. I believe it's a church of 500, and I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. No, Lord, we just thank you. We, we know that people left. I'm just going to use them as seed, Father. Hallelujah! And believe for increase in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah, Father. I'm planning.